Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, super smart, <laughs> and Disneyland-loving <laughs> wife and co-host, Michelle. Hi, sweetie. Hi, everybody. Thank you. That was so kind. <laughs> <laughs> so good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, July 12th, 2020. We're just wow. whipping through the year. Although, yeah. are we, though? It really seems like this year has been so long. I so know. I know. It's, it's hard to believe it's July, and yet it seems like it's been forever. Three years within, yeah. a pact, within yeah. one year. It's I really agree weird. with you. Yep. It's, what, what a weird <laughs> year we're in. <laughs> totally. <laughs> No matter what the year is like for you, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... Sign up for the newsletter. Yes. Why don't you sign up for the newsletter? Uh, it's just a way to kind of find out more about us, what we got going on, some uh, the episodes we have coming up, the episodes we've just done, right. some of the interesting stuff we have out there, like our, our Spreadshirt shop, where right. uh, Camille and John Cotton just released this wonderful video. Know, they were so they sweet. just purchased a couple long-sleeve shirts, and yeah. they sent it to us, and then when their daughter Lorelai opened it up, and they look great. I so, know. Um, how you can figure out how to get those is one way is through the, the newsletter. Exactly. And, you know, and some other things like you've mentioned, you'll be in the know of things coming up. You'll be the first to know, actually. That is, that is right. And we have some other things in the works. And uh, we also always ask for input through that. Right. The first people we ask are our newsletter subscribers. So please subscribe and just be a little bit more in the Hyperion Adventurers. No. And know that we only use that email address to send you our newsletter. It gets shared with no one. That's right. It's just for us. Nobody else. Nobody else. Just so we know, you know, you are the superior Hyperion <laughs> Adventure. No, just kidding. You're all wonderful. But the newsletter subscribers, you're just, a li- you get a little things a little bit earlier because you're, you want to be in the know. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're very active on social media. We have a great time with a lot of different listeners, with a lot of different podcasts, with a lot of different uh Disney. Bloggers, bloggers. Yeah, just people out there in the Disney community. We have a great time with them. And if you ever want to check us out there, you can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Right. And we really do love to uh, interact with you. We love to get your feedback or just have fun on social media. And we also like to get feedback on what's working. And that can be either through emailing us or through a review. Yeah. uh, Reviews are great. Uh, Best way to tell people about the show is just to tell a friend. But reviews help so much. They help us know how we're doing as a podcast. And they help other 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 people (laughs) find us on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever the case may be we right. all are also on youtube by the way you may be watching this on youtube if not uh go to youtube search hyperion adventures podcast will come right up and then you can just subscribe to us and whenever right. we have a new video released you will be the first to know right and I think you said it really well. I don't think I could top what you just explained. I appreciate it. We're both really worn out today. We've had a weird week. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Michelle has worked her little behind off 
at her uh, job this week and even to yesterday. And um, as you, if you were following us along on social media, right. you know, I've been traveling for the last several right. days. So we're, but if we're a little bit more punchy than normal <laughs> today, off. which I don't know if you can really tell the difference. <laughs> I know, right? Um, that may be why. But anyway, um, yeah. and men- Michelle already mentioned that you can always email us. Uh, if you ever want to email us to contact us for any reason to suggest a topic, answer a question, ask a question, question. Mm-hmm. or just to say hi, uh, hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. We do love hearing from you, so don't ever hesitate to give us an email. Yeah, and especially like when Disneyland finally reopens, whenever that may yes. be. If you're heading out there, let us know. Uh, if it matches up with our schedule, we'd love to meet you out there. Yeah, for that's sure. a really good point. Yeah, yeah. So as for today's show, we have lots of stuff for you today, including some possibly interesting information into how Disney Cruise Line may be sailing once again. Yay. We got some information on that. If you're planning on a trip to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studio, there's a change on how you will get to access Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Ooh. So if you're going, you're going to want to hear this story so you know uh, how to approach it. And I embarked on a little cross-country adventure <laughs> with our son, and we'll tell you a little bit about yes. that as well. But let's get to our main topic of the week. Disneyland is celebrating 65 yes. years this Yay. week, and we're going to dive into 65 years of the happiest place on earth. Walt Disney's Disneyland. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Each week as you enter this timeless land, one of these many worlds will open to you. Frontierland. Tall tales and true from the legendary past. Tomorrowland. Promise of things to come. Adventureland. The wonder world of nature's own realm. Fantasyland. The happiest kingdom of them all. Presenting this week. Presenting this week, (laughs) Michelle doing another deep dive into the history of Disney as she does so well. Mostly she's doing this. I didn't realize she was going to be so exhausted. Otherwise, I might not have made her do such a difficult task this week. I knew I would be exhausted after our trip. But uh, Michelle does such a great <laughs> job with this history, and she loves Disneyland. She loves Disney Dude. history. And so we thought, well, I'd sit back and relax and listen to, <laughs> D- to Michelle talk all about Disneyland. 65 years as the happiest place on earth. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot to celebrate. And I'm going to hopefully not make this like a boring history lesson, but just share some things that maybe isn't as commonly discussed when, you know, there's events or history th- information coming out about Disneyland. So as you mentioned, this this week, July 17th, will be the 65th anniversary of it. And that is the Blue Sapphire, the right? Blue Sapphire. Right. I, uh, we had to look that up. I, we didn't know. We didn't know. It's the Blue Sapphire anniversary, everybody. Right. So, you know, going back to Once Upon a Time, let's start with why did Walt originally 
decide to open up Disneyland Park, you know, and you've probably heard the story before where he was, um, you know, having daddy time where he would take his daughters to the parks and he always just felt like it was missing something. It didn't have the, the focus on family. It wasn't always the cleanest or most optimal place. And so that really kind of got him to thinking about why should he have Disneyland? So let's hear it in Walt's words. We've had a lot of our dreams come true. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. That's it, right here. Disneyland, seen from about 2,000 feet in the air and 10 months away. I want to tell you about it because later on in the show, you'll find that Disneyland the place and Disneyland the TV show are all part of the same. Now on a site of uh, 240 acres near the city of Anaheim, in Southern California, right about in here, we've begun to build Disneyland the place. We hope that it will be unlike anything else on this earth. A fair, a amusement park, an exhibition, a city from the Arabian Nights, metropolis from the future. In fact, a place of hopes and dreams, facts and fancy, all in one. Now, next year, our television show will be coming from this Disneyland. But this year, we want you to see and share with us the experience of building this dream into a reality. So what's really amazing is that the initial ground bait groundbreaking of Disneyland was actually in July of 1954. So just one year prior to the actual opening. And if you think of nowadays when they're, you know, even just opening an attraction, it takes Way more than that. <laughs> Multiple years <laughs> yes. for many of these. Um, some we're still waiting on, and we don't know if they'll ever be open. Right? But, uh, yeah, it's crazy to think that they built that park I know, in, in 12 months. One year, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Crazy. Right. So um, the one really unique thing, an opportunity that came to Walt, and, and I was thinking about this, and that Walt really has had some had really great opportunities come to him. We talked about it with the World's Fair where he had companies sponsoring and paying for these attractions that he would eventually move over to Disneyland. Well, just the same level of unique opportunity came to him with television. And television was still kind of pretty much in its infancy. And so they were looking for interesting programming. They knew Walt Disney was a great entertainer already with movies that had come out. So they really approached him and said, hey, can you have a show and a weekly show? And he decided, why not promote this park that's coming out? So it, you know, one, it, it obviously fit the bill of having something interesting on TV, but it just built this momentum and excitement week by week of Disneyland the park opening you know so that was really quite a unique situation as I mentioned that nowhere else can I think of um, but there may be other things where there was a TV show dedicated to a new business starting to open yeah uh, as you said ABC was looking for you know they, they were a fledgling uh, broadcast network mm -hmm. and they're looking for more uh, programming and of course who would you go to of Disney who's right? been so successful <laughs> and he's got this idea. Yes. It's been, you know, it was basically selling the park for an hour a week, every right. week. And this is actually something that continues to this day. When you think about like when these shows come on for the holiday specials, and right. fairy tale weddings and all that. Yes. They're shows, 
but really they're, they're big marketing. advertisements <laughs> for Disney. And right. So it, it, they've continued it on uh, well into the present right. and onto the future as well. That's right. So um, some of the things that I thought were pretty staggering in terms of, and this is data, this is your history lesson, but you don't have to remember it. It's not going to be on the quiz. Um, so the first, share, first show aired in October of 1954, again, less than a year before opening, 52% of all viewers tuned into the show. It was a crazy different time in television. I back know, then right? When they only had like three networks and a couple ancillary channels or whatever to watch. So you know, everybody would tune into right? these things. And yeah, if you're going to get something that the whole family is going to enjoy, like something Disney-based, of yeah. course you're going to get a, a huge know. viewership. But that's... That, 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 those that, are numbers you can never right, reach right, right. now. Right, right. No. <laughs> I mean, no. not even Super Bowl no. can say 52% no. of all viewers are watching that show. You know, and th this wasn't where you could record it or anything like that. Those were people who were tuned in to listen to that show. Um, so, you know, as we talked about and as you heard on the clip, you know, Walt was uh, captivating the audience by giving them more and more information, you know, what the plan was, where they were in the process, you know, and so it was like really a, a way to give his progress report of how the park was moving along. So I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, it, like you said, it built momentum towards it. You know, everyone's like, wow, look at that. Wow, look at this. It's like nothing that was ever built before. They were amusement parks of some sort, you know, but they were usually small and some of them were right. like carnivals more than anything Bears, else. There was yeah. nothing like this. And right. For people to have this come across their television and see what it was going to look like, uh, theoretically anyway, right. um, it had to just whet everybody's appetite so much. So much, so definitely much. so. So then we move on to actually opening day. And I know there's been a lot of things that have come out about opening day, how that was rather a struggle in a lot of regards. <laughs> and I'll talk a little bit about it, but um, kind of like to start this part off with hearing from Walt on his dedication of Fantasyland. Fantasyland is dedicated to the young and the young in heart, to those who believe that when you wish upon a star, your dreams do come true. So, you know, I mean, obviously there were the four lands in, in Disneyland Park, but, you know, people kind of think of the Fantasyland as one of the, the major sparks in that. So I, I really think if you think of uh, Disneyland Park and Magic Kingdom, for that right. matter, I mean, really the focus is on Fantasyland. I mean, that is the area of right. the park that's, you know, it's for kids of all ages. And, you know, it, while, you know, there may be some more, you know, adventurous rides in some of the other portions right. of the park. Uh, when you think of Disney, Fantasyland is the first land that comes to mind. That's true. That's true. So, you know, I know that there, again, there's been a lot of talk in the past of how the park really wasn't functioning appropriately. It was hot. The, the cement uh, was not dry. Women were wearing, you know, high heels and it was sinking. There was issues with uh, water and not enough food, you know, it got a ton of negative press, you know, and, and part of that struggle was with the capacity, you know, and we're talking now about capacity of Disney parks reopening. Well, this park had a capacity at that time that they had planned for on opening day of just over 5,000. And there were some, you know, um, illegal tickets <laughs> made, <laughs> you know, and I've seen different estimates 
definitely over 10,000, if not approaching 20, 25,000. Yeah, so. way more than they were built to, to, to bring in, especially on one single day. Right? And uh, so that was the hugest problem of it all is that there were just one, it was, again, like you said, it was July. So, right. and it was just super hot. And, you know, not everything was, you know, I mean, they were rushing to get this done as they, they do a lot with yes. the attractions <laughs> or whatever we've seen. You know, sometimes they're like, we need to get this done. We need to get it done. Right. They set a date. They weren't going to delay. It. They were going to open it up exactly. on this date. So not everything was exactly 100% ready, but they wanted to hit this date and they did. There were some issues with it though. However. Right, right. You know, and as we said, but you know, I think the main thing is like you just mentioned, Walt wasn't going to postpone it. He had set this up to be on live TV. Uh, he had brought in a lot of big names at the time to do this. So, um, and, and I know that some of those, um, people who were broadcasting there were having struggles with it as well. But I mean, all in all, and even though it got bad press, the public was still really excited about this. And they were not also going to be deterred by these, you know, issues that happened. So much so that within two months, they had already welcomed their one millionth guest. Yeah, which doesn't seem like that much nowadays. But back then, that was a, a right? huge amount, especially within two months. I think it helped that they had a, a press day before. The, we know about the opening day. Right. But prior to that, there was a press day where the, some of the media was allowed into the park and check it out. My mother, as a matter of fact, was, right. was part of that. She was lucky enough. My grandfather was in the media and was able to allow, get them into right. there. So they were able to check it out. And so some of this, you know, people, the reviews out there were positive because sure. they weren't on this horrible day. I mean, yes, there were a lot of negative, but could you imagine social media? Oh my god! You know how they jump on everything <laughs> yes, that yes. goes wrong at Disney. Could you imagine <laughs> what it would have been like if social media existed on opening right. day then? Uh, um, but because of that, there were some good reviews out there and because everybody still wanted to go. I mean, right. the, you know, the sales pitch from the television show, of course, people wanted to still check this out despite a few flaws on its right. first day. And when you're watching the show, I mean, some of these things that had happened, you probably wouldn't have known about, you know, in terms of watching the broadcast, you wouldn't have seen women struggling necessarily to walk or issues of food shortages and things like that. But so, you know, it, I think all in all that opening uh, was a learning process and they really did take the time to analyze it, but keep moving forward, keep it going and, you know, success followed that. And we do own a, a DVD copy of uh, the broadcast that was the right. opening day broadcast. And when you watch it, you don't know that all that stuff's going exactly. on. Uh, they do a great job of kind of paint whitewashing over right. that part of it. And I guess from what I've heard, they've they were made sure to try and make sure Walt didn't find <laughs> out that everything was going wrong and run well, that everything, but several right. things were going wrong at the same time. So that was good that they were able to keep him out and, you know, and so he can enjoy his day and just enjoy it as this is my dream and right. it's open. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, again, trying to think of how can we approach this celebratory uh, episode without just kind of going through all the regular things that we talk about or, or talked about. And so one of the things I, I was thinking is there's been a lot of traditions that started at Disneyland and started at Disneyland in the early years as well and thought that might be something that we could kind of just go over. So the first one I want to talk about is Candlelight Processional. Mm. And I know a lot of people probably do know that it did originate at Disneyland. Um, so it originated on December 20th, 1958. Uh, I, I was researching this at Disney Parks blog says they are aware of 
the earliest photo that they've been able to find, which was actually from 1959, but they did say that it did start in 1958. They confirmed that. So actually, the Candlelight Processional was featured on two of the wonderful world of Disney's. The first time it was featured was in 1962. And then later in 1966. And that episode is called Disneyland Around the Seasons. And you can watch it on Disney Plus. Um, So it's really kind of towards the end, but you can see uh, a little bit featuring the candlelight processional, which is really kind of unique watching them actually come down Main Street Mm -hmm. to the to the real uh, train tracks. Yeah. So um, the station. uh, Right. Right. So a, a couple little interesting things here. Sadly, one is that that episode aired three days after Walt passed away. Aww. I know, I know. But the other interesting thing is that if you look at Disney Plus, it says it's from 1967, which hmm. made me wonder. It's like, wait a minute, 67, Walt had already passed away. And so I played it through to the entire credit and it is 1966 and I took a picture of it. So so proof. I know proof. proof. I don't know why in the descriptor there might be some other copyright issues or something of why they would put 67. Because it's most of the episode was because it is through the seasons, So it's all the various different seasons at Disneyland. Right. So maybe the rest of it is shot in 67 and the, the candlelight processional was shot in 66. Just a thought. No, the film itself, the film itself, the, the show came out. In December of 1966. Oh, like I said, yeah. I don't know why they would why they would say 67. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. So maybe it's typo. But anyways, Hmm. interesting. Could be a typo. Yeah. (laughs) So another interesting tradition. Well, this tradition isn't interesting, but how it came to be, I think, is was the Christmas parade. And you think, well, that shouldn't be that. You know what's so interesting about that so it actually started uh thanksgiving day of 1955 and walt and davy crockett were actually in that inaugural uh, parade ah. now the interesting thing about Fess it, parker himself right, right yeah. Fess parker yep yeah I, d- I did say davy crockett didn't i mm-hmm. oh well that's okay he's both <laughs> he is both <laughs> um but anyways the um interesting thing about this is it didn't really shout out Christmas. It shouted out circus. (laughs) Really? Yes. (laughs) And that was because Walt was launching what was going to be called or what was called the Mickey Mouse Club Circus, Mm -hmm. you know, with the circus tent and everything like that. And so most of the parade featured live animals and clowns and (laughs) things like that. But um, people weren't really drawn to a circus theme, so that actually only lasted six weeks. Yeah. But yeah. interesting that their inaugural Christmas parade was not themed as much Christmas. For the holiday for itself. For the holiday, yeah. right, right. So yeah. anyways, but following that, um, actually from 1957 through 1964, they renamed it and uh, had it more... Christmassy and Walt continued to be on the initial day of those years to be uh, mm-hmm. like a the grand marshal. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be, that'd be fun. I wish we could have been there to see that. Go back in time and see that. I know. know. Right. In 1964, it was called Fantasy on Parade. And again, you can see that parade. <laughs> 
on the Disneyland Around the Seasons episode of uh, Wonderful World of Color on Disney+. Plus. Oh. So it's on there. And you'll see that. Michelle's full of tips already. (laughs) You know, she always has the best tips. She's already tipping on how you can check out some cool Disney history on Disney+. Plus. Right, right. It is interesting, but you'll see. I mean, they they tied in uh, Disney characters as well as other famous type of storyline characters. uh, And there is a little bit of Christmas there in it. There's a little bit of Christmas, <laughs> more than the first one, which was circus themed. At least there's a little bit of Christmas in it. Right, right. Does Santa appear? He does. Okay, well, that's good <laughs> enough, right? Good enough. And so do the uh, the marching um, toy soldiers. The toy soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are the, do the reindeer are the reindeer there yet? There are reindeer right. there. Good. They are yes. So. What more do you need? <laughs> I know. It's yeah. holiday, right? That's there. right. That's right. It's all kind of there at the end. But, <laughs> anyways, uh, another tradition started at Disneyland was Grad Night. Oh. I know we've talked about that in the mm-hmm. past. That actually surprised me that it started in 1961. Mm. And there were uh, 8,500 graduating students that attended that wow. first Grad Night. Wow. I know. But Very cool. I, yeah, 1961. Who would have guessed? Yeah. Not me. No, no. <laughs> I, I had no idea when they started grad night, but that's you know that's a really cool experience, and yeah, we're looking forward to when uh, everybody can do a grad right. night again. I'm hoping there's a make good for some people from this year since they weren't exactly. able to go this year. That maybe you get a, a secondary grad right, night right. if you weren't able to go for 2020. Yeah, nice good class reunion or right, something. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Precisely. <laughs> Okay, so another tradition that started early on at Disneyland with Walt was in 1965, uh, Disneyland Park. I'm still struggling with talking, apparently. Okay. <laughs> We're both tired. It's, you know, it's, it's going to happen. So Disneyland Park. I do it when I'm not tired. I struggle. <laughs> so at least we have an excuse this time. That's right. So 1965 was the first 10 years, right? And they actually had... A tencennial for a year following that, starting a in tencennial? 19- a tencennial starting in 1965. <laughs> like a candle bracelet. <laughs> it is <laughs> inside joke. Sorry, I know. So part of that <laughs> celebration, in you know, they knew that it was going to you know be a lot of things going on in the park. But again, Walt always wanting to market and market well started the Disneyland Ambassador to the World program with the very first tour guide, Julie, I think her name is Reem, who was selected. And so let's hear Walt introduce her. You know, this is uh, Disneyland's 10th anniversary. And I'd like to introduce Miss Julie Reems, who has been chosen as Disneyland's official ambassador this anniversary year. How do you do? And I must say the judges showed good judgment. Thank you, Walt. Julie will be representing us all over the world, and she's well qualified. She's one of Disneyland's tour guides, and this is a tour guide costume, sort of a jockey-like costume with a riding crop. And sometimes you're referred to as guest jockeys, isn't that right? Right. Now tell me, Julie, what do you tell the people about our future plans? Actually, I don't know too much about them, but I do know that there is a great deal of excavation going on in Disneyland. But I would like to know a lot more if I could. You've come to the right place. This is our Imagineering department. It is here where we dream up all the the future things for Disneyland. It is also here that we dreamed up the things for the World's Fair. And some of those things are coming back to Disneyland. 
So, as I mentioned, she was the first Disneyland ambassador. She spent the uh, entire year traveling throughout the United States and other parts of the world, you know, really as trying to promote Disneyland during their 10th centennial. <laughs> but that uh, tradition of having a Disney ambassador program continues. And now it's in a global state where they have ambassadors who serve as, as they say, emissaries of goodwill for the destinations they represent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's several of them now. Uh, right. Disney ambassadors. I believe the, there's 11. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I I mean, th- a lot of them, you'll see a lot of them in some of those uh, Disney Parks blogs uh, videos right. and stuff like that. And that, that's part of the way they're being ambassadors now is just getting out there in social media mm-hmm. or YouTube or whatever the case may be to help promote uh, Disney's product. Right. But again, this just you know, looking at some of these, and these were just a few that I wanted to really highlight, but it it really showed how ahead of his time, how creative uh, that Walt was in coming up with things that people loved and wanted to continue happening. Yeah. I mean, has everything worked? No, but uh, he- Not the circus. (laughs) Right. That's what we just talked about. Yes, good job. Good point, Michelle. Michelle always has the best points. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, you know, there have been so many successful things. You know, more often than not, right. uh, these things are hits and uh, continue on for decades and on to the present and in the future as well. Right. And later on in my fun facts, I'm going to tell about something that's kind of a, a tradition that's continued. Cool. Can't wait for my Michelle always has the best fun facts. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, and so the next thing I thought we could touch on were some of the key changes that took place over the 65 years. And there's tons of them. So don't worry. Didn't go through all of them. Didn't go through (laughs) a lot of of them. Right. I went through a few of them. But um, so the first and I think was probably one of the um, until most recent years, probably one of the biggest changes was the reimagined Fantasyland in 1983. So, uh, again, in Disney fashion, they had a big opening or reopening uh, of Disney's Fantasyland, Disneyland Parks, Fantasyland, where they, again, uh, lowered the drawbridge, which was the first time they did that since the opening day. So, um, you know, that was in front of Sleeping Beauty's Castle. And so they uh, kind of rededicated fantasy land that was newly imagined or reimagined. Mm-hmm. And so um, Tony Baxter was one of the Imagineers at the time who was involved in this. And so uh, he really kind of describes what drove them in some of their ideas of the new fantasy land. You always think of Disneyland and the heart of Disneyland being Fantasyland. It's where all of Walt's classic stories existed. It was much like a little tournament tent medieval fair when it opened and we turned towards Storybook Land where Walt had created all these miniature villages back at the dawn of Disneyland and we thought if they built that in miniature I bet maybe they would have liked to have built that full size so we structured the whole Fantasyland by taking each of the pieces of architecture and giving it an emotional twinge so the castle that you find Snow White in is scary because it's the Wicked Witch's castle and Uh, Mr. Toad is crazy. When you look at that facade, you see kind of humor in it. And charm was Pinocchio. There's no more beautiful village in the world than Pinocchio. And Peter Pan was stately, flying out of London town past Big Ben. So I think that's important that architecture speak to you. When we got to the end and we lowered the drawbridge, which hadn't been lowered since Walt opened the park, and people rushed in, I remember hearing a lady on that opening day, and she said, You know, 
It's like it was always here, like it was meant to be this way. So, oh gosh, I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, and if you ever get an opportunity to see that video, it is really interesting to see the um, miniatures that they had at Disneyland already that they utilized as kind of their guidance of Mm -hmm. how to create some of these other buildings in real life. Yeah, if you go through the uh, the, the storybook... um or the canal boats right. or whatever, or the uh, the circus train, uh, if you're thinking of Disneyland anyway. I'm not sure if they have that at uh, uh-huh. Magic Kingdom, but at Disneyland, the, the storybook canal boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually have a, a version of a Disneyland Paris as right? well. I'm not sure about the uh, the Asian parks, but I know at uh, Disneyland Paris they have it. And, you know, they're just miniatures of these different classic fairy tale locales, right, essentially. Like sets almost. Yeah, yeah, and they're really cool to just kind of cruise through and, and check out. But... Um, it's so interesting because you know i i love magic kingdoms fantasy mm-hmm. land it's great but disneyland's is there's just so much you know and tony baxter thank you uh, right. for everything you've done yes uh it's so uh beautiful and well done it's compact as everything in disneyland right. is but when you walk in there it's you're immersed in this fairy tale area with a right. carousel right there in the middle and it's it's just it really is well done and just the you know I, I i haven't even really and michelle's tip of always look up <laughs> i uh, haven't even took taken everything in that you can see up there right. like uh the evil queen up in the window exactly. of uh, snow white's mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's just, it's really interesting to walk through there and check out all the different nuance they did for every single space for each attraction. And it's right, right there, very close together because it is so compact. Exactly. And, you know, like like he described, just having a, an emotional uh, connection with the buildings definitely happens because you really do see, you know, the charm, you know, the the other essences that mm-hmm. that each of these buildings have and it makes you think of those stories when as soon as you see them and yet if you just look at it on the if you don't really study it i mean it does mesh together mm-hmm. as well uh they go together even though there are little interesting tidbits to them that right. are different to for each attraction when you look at it as a whole it is completely it, it flows really right. really Very well cohesive. yeah thank you uh <laughs> glad michelle could pick up words i can't think <laughs> talk good today <laughs> Uh, it, it really is a, a really well done land. And again, yes. thanks to the Imagineers like Tony Baxter right. to, to do something as, as strong as, as Disneyland's Fantasyland is. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things about Disneyland too, because it was the original park, any type of changes really are so scrutinized, so evaluated because there is a lot of feelings that people who know it for you know, for decades, yeah, it's the original, it, it, right? Do not want to see changes unless it really is serving a purpose of improving it and making it more enjoyable, etc. And so, um, you know, something that is as major as coming redesigning an existing land, you know, I, one could only imagine that it had to really be. Uh, very well evaluated and get uh, feedback from guests, et cetera, because, you know, you change one thing. I mean, I remember, what was it, maybe two years ago when they changed the, the little theater at the entranceway, and, and that really caused a, a bit oh, of yeah. a commotion, and it returned to what it was yeah. after that. But so you can imagine reimagining. You can imagine reimagining. That seems weird. So you can, yeah, you can imagine making a massive change to a whole land at the original Disneyland 
was gonna yeah, people are really, probably holding their breath yes, at that point. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For so. sure. So very cool. Well, thanks. So some of the other major changes that took place again were much more recent years. So um the first one it, that you know was gonna bring up was the opening of a second park. You know, I, we had talked in the past about, you know, there's there had been a lot of talk about a new a second park, how that was going to happen. But finally, they they honed in on uh, Disney's California Adventure Park as the second park, which was, I believe, right in the parking lot. Yeah, it's where the original Disneyland parking lot was. I, I parked there many, many times, <laughs> uh, taking the tram in, you know, from the car yeah. way out in the parking lot back where it's kind of where Cars Land was a lot of times. where We had to park, you know, <laughs> take the tram in right to the front gates there at right. Disneyland Park itself. But yeah, they they shifted all that, built a parking garage, built hotels. They, they got some um, land use to uh, build some new uh, roads mm-hmm. as well and uh, built downtown disney and built california adventure park right so and um you know obviously by the name it was really focused on highlighting the state of california uh and we're not going to go into details here i know that the company did really take a look and reevaluate how was it being perceived by people they they admitted that they you know cut corners from how they typically uh, you know, add on a new park, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so it has been t- pretty much totally revamped yeah. and in, in a great way, I think. I mean, there were some wonderful things of California Adventure sure. and some still stay there. Soaring is still mm-hmm. there, you know, and there's still, you know, some structural things that remain, um, but they have kind of rethemed some areas as well. But that that was a, a major change, having a, a second park, you know, going at Disneyland Resort. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, as it started off with, and you've talked about it on our show before, how you went there and you're just kind of, it was lackluster when it first opened up as Disney California Adventure Park. And it just didn't have it. It missed the mark a bit. And yes, uh, they cover it well on Disney Mm -hmm. Plus. Go to the Imagineering story. They cover a a lot of it. If you you haven't looked at the Imagineering story, why haven't you? Uh, (laughs) But if you have, you know, you can find out more about the the California Adventure Park and where they were just kind of cutting corners when they were building parks at that time. Right. And it just wasn't what they're kind of hoping for. A lot of, you know, carnival rides, which some of the carnival rides still exist, yeah. you know, and then carnival games, which still exist, but they've changed the, 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 right. the, the at least the they theming. made it, yeah, the theming for it. Again, thank goodness Michelle's <laughs> here because I can't think today. Um, uh, and it just it just didn't quite hit. You know, there were some great attractions, Soren, yes. Uh, a few other things that are still there and right. still exist and lands that are still there. But they just needed to work on it, really go all out into it. And you may get a little bit more into this. I don't know if you're going to talk mm, a little no, bit. No, not really. When when they opened up Cars Land, yes. I mean, that was the, sing, the signal of... We have we are a full fledged land because right. that was the really first big immersive land, right. and it may still outside of maybe I think Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is the best immersive land. Right. Outside of that, Cars Land, and you could argue right. Cars Land may be better. Cars Land is so immersive; you are yes. right there in the film when you walk down um, Radiator Springs, right down right. Uh, Route sixty six. It's it's amazing when you when you, when you finally get to visit Disneyland if you have not gone or if you have gone, you know this for yourself. Yes. Uh, it, it, it feels like you're right in the movie. It is so well done. Right. I think you're describing it really well. You you get that connection with things that you have definitely seen. Yes, Galaxy's Edge gives you that uh, immersive feeling of being 
in the universe of Star Wars, but you don't necessarily have the same buildings or, you know, locations that you would see in a Star Wars film, whereas Carlands, you you do see everything seems like it's lined up appropriately as if you were actually in the movie. Yeah. And then the, at night when they light up the neon and yes. the music playing and everything, it's just, it's something to behold for sure. Well, it's like that part of the film where they actually, uh-huh. where he has the lights come right. on and, and that sequence of them coming on is replicated at yeah. every night. Really so, cool. Yeah. Uh, so if you ever, uh, if you haven't been to Disneyland yet, make sure that that is part of your trip. Yes. One, Cars Land for sure right. should definitely be part of your trip, but also be there. Uh, it's when sundown, whenever sundown is, uh, you right. can ask that a cast too. member and they'll tell you when right. the, the neon's going to kick on and uh, go down there and just uh, watch as it, it's, it gradually lights up the street and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. It, it is. really is it cool. Is. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, yeah, like you've mentioned, they, they really did a lot to, to make changes and make it be a full-fledged park that now is you know one of our favorites oh yeah uh we love it yeah Um, i look disneyland is the classic it has star wars Mm -hmm. galaxy's edge within it so that's cool as well and and you know my favorite attraction outside of rise of the resistance Uh, the haunted mansion is in disneyland and that's you know all that area is themed it really well but as far as just a a park that we want to go to and relax and walk Mm -hmm. around and check things out uh it rivals epcot in many ways of just our enjoyment of just kind of having a day to people watch and just take the park in. Right, yeah. I, I, I would totally agree with you that it would rival Epcot in, in the sense of having that kind of feeling that experience it's just very different than going like into a magic kingdom right where know? yeah where everyone's going into disneyland everyone's going into magic kingdom they're all attraction heavy right. and, and and that's fine uh california adventure there are great attractions there but it also just has a little bit more of a laid-back right. feel and maybe i don't want to say adult because there's a lot of kids things there oh, yeah. too so yeah so moving on to the next other big thing, big change that happened at Disneyland, obviously you, you've just talked about it, touched on it, was Galaxy's Edge and having that land come in. Um, it was exciting when that, because this was one we were actually able to kind of really start seeing happen. And it was exciting that it was happening at Disneyland first, but you know, seeing how the construction was going on for that and how eventually it did re- open. And um, that was a major, major change, obviously. Yeah. Uh, still, it was just, uh, you know, about a little over a month ago when, when it opened up a month ago, a year yeah, ago. Right. But, you know, a month ago, um, what I was trying to say is that, um, you know, on some of my social medias, you get those memory things right. and memories were popping up of all our pictures from going to Star Wars Galaxy's right. Edge and opening weekend. I was like, oh, it was so fun right. to be able to get land a reservation for opening weekend and be there with limited crowd and uh, check it all out. Being one of the you know some of the first few hundred, maybe thousand people to right. go to go and visit this land yeah. and experience Star Wars and be right. live our, live a little bit of our Star Wars dream, you know. And uh, it was just so cool, and it still is cool. And I, I I always look forward to every chance we get to visit, even if we just go in there to grab a bite right. because they have really good food. Yes. And Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, it's fun just to walk in there yeah, just for get a fast. second yeah. and, and check it out, even if we don't ride uh, Smuggler's Run or if we don't get on you know a, a boarding pass for Rise right. of the Resistance or whatever the case may be. It still yeah. is just a wonderful, immersive land. Yeah, all the data port fun that you yeah, can have. Yeah, there's that. There's always that. <laughs> Michelle so. <laughs> helping the resistance, hacking into all sorts of different things. Always That's fun. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, and so the, the last thing uh, that was 
really a big change was getting additional characters uh, to come into the park, at, which was with Marvel. And how, you know, now we get to experience over on this coast, you know, those, those characters that we've really learned to enjoy through the films there. So whether you're talking, you know, Black Panther or Spider-Man, Captain America, Captain America uh, Loki, you know, I mean, it's just so fun to yeah. have a lot more uh, characters to have. And, and they're not that they're always there all the time, but, you know, there are some that are pretty consistent and then others are kind of fun that you just happen upon them yeah and still it uh, as we stand right now it's still disneyland or disney california venture park is still the only uh american theme disney theme park that has an actual marvel themed ride right. in uh guardians of the galaxy mission breakout and soon avengers campus we thought it would be opening i think this month it was supposed <laughs> right. to open originally was, yeah. and well we've kind of had to push that back as of course disneyland opening we had right. to push back but soon uh once that gets back open i, I know they're getting close to having mm -hmm. that done and we'll get to experience that right. as well and that looks like it's going to be outstanding so yeah it's exciting stuff and it, it is it is so, you know, so anyways, I think the common thread that I was trying to go through here talking about, you know, um, Walt's purpose, what some of the traditions, even how some of the changes have kind of helped support all that. I think we can conclude that even as we speak today, 65 years after the park originally opened, is that it still fits the reason the original reason that Walt created that park. You know, it is a place for um, people, whether you're family or friends, to all go together and have that shared common element of fun. You know, and I, and I think it still lives on. I, I can't uh, agree more. I mean, you go there and that's one of the things we love to do is just people watch. Mm -hmm. And you just see families having such a wonderful time. You see couples getting engaged in front of the castle. Right. You just, you see um, everybody from, you know, very young children up until, you know, the elderly mm -hmm. smiling, wearing, you know, ears. Yes. And it's all thanks to uh, Walt's decision to create this park right. you know and you know not knowing if anything like this would ever work exactly and now we have theme parks around the globe you know yeah. because of this park uh, 65 opening up 65 years ago and being the success it is right so. and you know how they've taken the form of entertainment and fun and even put that onto a cruise ship you yeah. know so it's just really you know yes it's grown but it, 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 it holds that foundation of its purpose. And I think it does it so well. Yeah. And we'd love to hear your memories of Disneyland. Yes. Uh, you know, your 65 years. Not your 65. Well, right. maybe your 65 <laughs> years. I don't know. Um, but anywhere within the 65 years, what has happened with you that you are some of your biggest, brightest, most fun, most romantic, whatever the case may be, yeah. memories of being at Disneyland. Email us. Uh, at Podcast at gmail.com and we'll share them on a future show yeah. because uh, we've had great memories there and I'm sure you have as well. That is so true. So, so. true. So are you ready for a couple fun facts? Yeah, let's stories? get to fun facts. Okay, so uh, one fun fact is related to Sleeping Beauty's castle, you know, and that was, again, when the castle, when the castle, when the park opened in 1955. Well, the castle opened then, too. It, it was, true. That's <laughs> what, literally, the drawbridge came down yeah. and everything. Um, but the interesting thing or the fun fact about this is that the film hadn't been released yet. It wasn't to be released until uh, it came out in 1959. So, again, great marketing, getting yeah. that um, people used to hearing that, you know, I mean, obviously, it was a fair 
fairy tale that people were familiar with. But then once the movie came out, they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Sleeping Beauty's Castle. There you go. um, There was a, a second opening that occurred in June 14th. And this is what people claim is a, an official second opening, I don't know, um, of 1959. And it was um, with the addition of several big ticket items, meaning um, Matterhorn bobsleds, mm-hmm. the monorail system, mm-hmm. and the submarine voyage. Mm-hmm. And those created the need to have an e-ticket because before that there wasn't. Oh, I didn't know that there was not an e-ticket before right. that point. That's interesting. <laughs> I knew that those all opened on the same date. I didn't know that those were the emergence of the yes. e-ticket. That's yes, cool. Right? That is a really fun fact. <laughs> Michelle, fun fact. That's good. I like that one. So uh, kind of going back to when we one of our uh, prior episodes, I think it was one we were talking about songs. Anyways, we were talking about Epcot, and I remember talking about Magic Journey and that it was, you know, the first time that they used 3D D technology (laughs) in in Walt Disney World. Fun fact, 3D Jamboree debuted at Fantasyland Theater uh, starring the Mouseketeers. Ah. And uh, that was back in the 60s. Wow. Right. So, you know, they they more than 25 years ahead of Epcot in, yeah. that, in that technology. Yeah, well, so That's really cool. Before so, the park even opened. Yeah. Right. So another fun fact is the parks used to have ticketed events, which is kind of sounds similar to what some of the things they do now with some of their nighttime um, activities. But it was a ticketed event called Date Night at oh. Disneyland. So let's hear a little bit on that. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's date night at Disneyland with the Elliott Brothers and the Disneyland Date Nighters. Let's dance. Let's dance at Disneyland. Date nights are late nights at Disneyland. We're open till the clock rocks 1 a.m. Friday and Saturday nights. Live bands at Disneyland. You know, those ran through the 70s. Um, and as I mentioned, they were t- typically on Fridays and Saturday, or I guess exclusively on Friday and Saturday nights. I don't, not every time though. But it was a separate ticketed event, it, you know. And uh, I've seen some posters and things. I put some things on our Pinterest page on it. It, it really is cute. But it really was one of the first time that, that the company was kind of gearing a focus to not just be families, but to have like teenagers or young adults 
come and enjoy the park and have a date night. So it was kind of a nice thing. And and although they don't have the official date night um, anymore, a lot of times we've seen on Friday and Saturday nights, they do bring in a swing band. And uh, there's some really talented guests that come and, and dance there. Although we've actually stepped foot on there. Yeah, very slow dancing. <laughs> yes. We, do, we have made it a goal at some point to learn some swing dancing so we can actually go out there on the floor and do some uh, light swing dancing. But there it is, and we've talked about it, I think, on the show before at how, how cool it is to, you know, watch these people. There, are, there seem like there's some elderly couples that right. like, maybe they have annual passes or maybe they buy tickets. I don't know, but it seems like they go out there and that's kind of their date night to go out and and just swing dance in Disneyland. That's all they want to do on Friday or Saturday night is go out there and, and kind of, you know, be like it was when they were kids and they used to go out swing dancing or whatever the case may be or throughout their lives. And, uh, it's, and you know, and there's, there's people out there that, that, you know, they will, Ask different partners. Right, go out yes. there. There's people that go alone. You don't have to have a couple. You don't have to be a couple. Right. You can, you can go out there and people will dance with you. Or you can, uh, even if you are a couple and don't mind, you know, right, you're not going to get jealous. <laughs> you know, you can, uh, you can have, you know, dance with other right. uh, partners as well. It's really cool. It's just fun to watch. If nothing else, yes. if you get the chance on a Friday or Saturday night, just to go, just to go enjoy the the music that's being played, similar to what you just right. heard there. And uh, it really is. It's just a lot of fun. Right. And it, it just having that essence of the swing band, the, you know, a big band, a live performance there uh, at Fantasy Fair. It's just so fun. Yeah, you know? it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's it, I will just sit there. And yes, we have dance and a slow dance because we mm-hmm. don't know how to swing dance right now. <laughs> Someday, hopefully, maybe. Uh, but right now we don't know how to swing dance. So when their slow songs come on, we've, we've gone out there and danced around a little bit. Right. You know? right. But uh, just watching is, is a lot of fun and it, it can be a kick. Yeah, uh, for sure. Most definitely. So just a couple other little fun facts. One is, uh, and some of you may already know this, but when um, the um, Autopia first started, it didn't have a track. So Mm -hmm. you actually drove on these little slow cars, but you didn't have a track. So it makes sense why eventually they did put in a track right <laughs> from what i understand the mouseketeers would get on those right. and just drive them around all over right. the place kind of tear up and, the yeah. landscape they a would get there are stories of the mouseketeers getting a you know getting a tongue lashing for taking the cars places that they shouldn't have gone or whatever so. um that's really it on the information about celebrating 65 years of disneyland resort disneyland park i hope you all had uh found some things interesting at least the other thing that i want to announce is that the walt disney family museum will be hosting a virtual celebration on july 17th from noon to 5 p.m pacific um and so you can go to their website waltdisney.org um and we can also include this yeah we'll we'll link to it right show notes you'll be able to you know see some presentations they're going to have some discussions some trivia things so i think it's good it sounds like it's really going to be cute and a fun way to have a virtual celebration um for disneyland park so even though we can't go there now we can still celebrate start the celebrations for when we can very cool uh that sounds exciting i want to check that out for sure yeah for sure definitely yeah. so link to their page they're also going to be on facebook and instagram live so um check it out 
Definitely. Definitely check it out. Uh, we have not been to the Walt Disney Museum yet, although we have plans for it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if our Disney cruise comes through that we have planned yes. for next year, part of it is an excursion to go to the Walt Disney Museum. We're excited to do that next year. But I hear it's, it's I, I've heard uh, our good friend Rob LeBerry, who, right. you know, it's been a couple episodes, I had to bring up his name again. <laughs> uh, he, is, he has been there with his wife, Kim, and he was saying, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. Right. That you, you have to check it out because it, it'll knock your socks off if you're a Disney fan. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. Couldn't can't wait to get a chance to experience that, and uh, so now we can at least do some of that virtually because I'm sure they're going to share some things that would be uh, information you get at the museum for sure. So, so. really cool, really yeah. cool. So Michelle always does the best di- <laughs> deep dives into Disney history. A great exploration of Disneyland. 65 years is the happiest place on earth. Thank you, sweetie. And hopefully you all found it interesting and found some information that can help you experience it in a better way. Yeah. And if, by the way, again, like we said before, if you have memories of Disneyland growing up, even if they're recent memories, please let us know. Email us, HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com and we'll share them on a future show. That's true. Yep. And that's a deep dive into Disneyland. 65 years. <laughs> the happiest place on earth. Thanks again, Michelle. Another great deep dive into Disney history. Michelle always does the best Disney <laughs> history. Well, you're so sweet. That's for sure. Well, hopefully you all enjoyed it and that it gave you something that could help make your trip to Disneyland a little bit better or just celebrate with every. We'll all celebrate together this full year because, you know, they always do it as a full year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one of the things we've, we've talked about in the past about Disneyland is if you're used to Walt Disney World, it's going to seem tiny to you. If that's all you take it as is, you know, it's 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 different than right. Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World is, you know, it's four different parks. It's all these resorts. It's a couple water parks, yeah. all this stuff. Disneyland is not that. It is, it is very compact and tiny. But the one thing that it does have over Walt Disney World, for sure. Well, I think there's a lot of things it sure. has over Walt Disney World, mm-hmm. honestly. Especially if you just want to yeah, go for... Yeah, I think for, it's just, you know, pros and cons right. for both. If you want to just go for a day or two, I think right. Disneyland is the better place to go to. But it, it has... They both have history, but Disneyland is the park. Right. It is the original park. It has Walt's apartment there. It, right. it, the light is still on in his apartment for Walt. Exactly. It is, there's so much history within it that it, it's, you know, if you love Disney, if, you, if you're a big fan of Walt Disney, if you're a big fan of, I imagine you're listening to this podcast, you must be a big <laughs> fan of Disney. Uh, it's the place that you've never been to, you should experience at some point in your life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is, like you said, rich in history. And, you know, uh, we, we've done another, an episode or a couple episodes in the past, but one specifically about somebody who has only gone to Walt Disney World 
how to approach and learn to appreciate Disneyland so that you have that best experience. And, um, you know, we might need to, to revisit that now that there's some changes to it's Disneyland. True. And it's over a year, know. it's almost a year and a half old since we did that one. Right, so. right. And so, but anyways, it, like you said, it is um, something that has a lot of benefits to it that are different and in some cases better than at Disney World. Not trying to say one park is better than another. It's just certain aspects of it you might like even better at Disneyland. Very true. Very true. Michelle always has the best points. (laughs) I'm sorry. Not trying to railroad your point there. (laughs) So let's get to, I want to get to our kind of our second topic of the week. And if you were following along on social media, you know that uh, I've been kind of trekking across country this <laughs> yes, week. you are a saint. Yeah, so, so here's the story behind this. You may be wondering if you saw us on social media, why was I driving across country, right. you know, in this, at this time of year? Well, and I don't think we've gotten into this much on uh, the show. As a matter of fact, we, we, you may not know this. You, some of you do, but some of you may not. Um, I am not our son Scott's actual father. I'm his right. stepfather, okay? And he spends half the year with us and half the year with his actual father. And so we kind of, he shifts from six months to six months right. on one coast to the other. Yeah. And his father lives in Miami. Uh, so it came to be this time of year where we would normally bring him back for his right. six month stay with us. And well, you know, things have kind of changed <laughs> in the world right now. And things are a little crazy. And especially when you're talking about traveling and right. flying. And while uh, he will wear a mask for a short period of time, mm-hmm. we felt that it might have difficulty trying to do a five hour or possibly more because there's not as many direct flights right now to San right. Diego. Um, flight time, wearing a mask the whole time. And, it, and we could probably get an allowance for him not to, but he's already a little on edge on right. flights anyway. And if we had to wear one the whole time and everybody else around the plane was wearing one, yeah. We just kind of felt that that might be an issue. Right. And so I had suggested, why don't I fly out? I know. Can you believe that? And pick him up and drive him back wow. across country. So that's what we did. Now, Michelle couldn't come with us because one, uh, she just couldn't get that time off of work. It's crazy right now. Work is tough. Two, even if she could get that time <laughs> off of work, um, there's, well, I mean, we already went through, you had to go through a 14 day quarantine after we did the cruise. Um, we don't know if you would have to be stuck with another 14 day quarantine. We didn't know what was going to happen during this time period. So, um, better to stay away from that. And three, she just does not like to drive for like (laughs) longer than even six hours is a little long for her, but I I think that's like her (laughs) cutoff point. So it was just better for he and I to do this alone. So that's what he did. I red eyed out on, uh, the Tuesday night, got there very early on Wednesday morning, Picked him up from his father along with a bunch of other stuff. And we drove from Miami to Tallahassee. <laughs> Didn't even get to stop at, uh, well, it wasn't open. We waved. Anyways. We waved. <laughs> there were some, I think there, I think there may, be, may have been cast member previews going on or, or, or Close a to possible yeah, yeah. annual pass holder. I know there, there were some people going at that right, time. that's true. Oh, so we waved as we passed through Orlando, <laughs> you know, um, but we could not unfortunately take the stop. We tried to do this trip in as few stops as possible. One, because we were going through many hot spots right, right. and, you know, he has some, you know, he, he could be considered high risk. He has right. some, um, 
you know, health issues and stuff. Yeah. And so we just wanted, and we won, we just didn't want to get sick. Right. But so we just tried to avoid that as much as possible. So, you know, we stopped as little as possible, stayed the night at Tallahassee at a hotel, went from Tallahassee the next night to Houston, a 10 hour drive. Uh, from then from Houston to El Paso, Texas, and then from El Paso, Texas to San Diego. So it was basically four days of travel right. and uh, old, a little bit over 26, you know, it was quite a bit over 2,600 miles wow. of driving. Crazy. Uh, but it was really an interesting experience to see the, the country. I, I, I've driven across country before. I'm actually, when we moved you out here, right. we drove, drove across country. You took it at a much Slower more leisurely pace. <laughs> pace than we did this more vacation. one. But it's interesting to see the countryside change as you go from these tropical climates to these, you know, to more of a farmland right. area. And then finally finishing up in, in the southwest where it's all de- uh, deserts Desert. and, and it, you know, it's just it's really interesting to stop. I will say that, uh, you know, through most of the country, people are doing a fair job of wearing masks mm-hmm. and uh, the company, the businesses are doing a fair job. Of, I mean, again, it's, it depends on where you're stopping at and how many people are wearing masks right. versus not because uh, right. there is some things going on in areas and right. politically and some other things, which is ridiculous. But um, it, 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 uh, people were doing a fair job. I will say that most of the places oh. we stopped, the hotels we stopped in, all of them uh, were doing a good job of making sure and cleaning the areas, making sure nice. that the room, they were wearing masks. They're making sure they did some different things with breakfast, uh, you know, like, you know, places that serve you, you get right. breakfast with it. Um, a lot of them were limiting what you got, you know, like, and, and they handled them a little bit differently everywhere. Uh, but I always felt they were still taking care of us as Good. best they can. And um, yes, we did take Clorox wipes. And still, <laughs> even though they were, you know, saying they were sanitizing everything, we re-sanitized nice. everything every place we went and gelled up many times, right. washed our hands really well, just did a lot to kind of uh, take on the whole thing. Right. And it ended up being a really successful trip. We got him back and it went pretty much to clockwork as, as I had drawn it out. Nice. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with how that trip went. And again, if you want to see some of the pictures, we'll post some of this on our YouTube as well. But uh, go to social media and check them out. We'll have a lot of the pictures up from the trip. I mean, it's mostly I'm driving. So, <laughs> uh, so even taking the pictures there. Luckily, you know, there weren't very many cars on the road. Right. Uh, I, even, you know, the metropolitan areas, we went through San Antonio and Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was busier there, but I you know, there weren't any major traffic jams or nice. anything like you expect. And we were going through like during rush hour. Wow. Uh, so, and, and there are lots of areas where there were just, it was very few cars on the nice. road. I, I hit cruise control and just relaxed. And we listened to, uh, we listened to Hamilton soundtrack <laughs> a lot and Disney songs and the Grateful Dead. He loves the Grateful Dead. So we listened to that a lot and we just had a good old time uh, making our way cross country. And now we're here. Yay, safe and sound. back safe and sound, which is great. And again, thank you, sweetie. That was a pretty magnanimous thing to take on to make it easier uh, for him. And it was so wonderful that you did that. I'm so glad that it went smoothly because I know it was, it was not easy to do that. So right. thank you a lot of so driving. much. Yes. No, you're welcome. It was a lot of driving, but I, it went successfully. And uh, I, I think it was the, the right way to go when it was all said yeah. and done. So. So, so I just wanted to give you a quick glimpse into that. Uh, let's get to our Disney stories of the week. We have a few Disney stories for this week. I'm um, going to start off with, yes, uh, Walt Disney World has reopened. Yay. I know there were some concerns on whether they actually would with uh, some spikes going right. on out there right now, but they went ahead and did it. And so far, what 
looks like uh, it looks like it's going pretty well. Yeah. I mean, yes, of course they're they're really limiting capacity right now, but we saw from the cast member previews, we saw a lot of pictures, we saw from some annual pass holder right. previews, and then finally they opened up just yesterday, actually, right. uh, Magic Kingdom Park and uh, Disney Animal Kingdom, uh, and you know it looks like they're doing a good job of, you know keeping physical distancing, right. making sure people wear their masks, having lots of hand-washing stations and sanitization stations. We've seen lots of videos and pictures of them cleaning a lot of the attractions right. and spacing people out on those attractions. So it looks like they're doing a pretty good job of, uh, of um, you know, of what you'd hope for when you Disney reopens. Right. I looked at a few YouTubes and same kind of thing thing you know interesting how they've really planned out like how you go through security putting things in clear plastic bags etc so they you know you could tell they really went to all the details of how to make sure it's as safe as possible and so um you know a lot of things that would have normally been touch points have been eliminated and you know not paying with cash and you know all kinds of like i said details to really make it um, the the safest that it can be, and it's exciting. Yeah, so I'm glad, and, and it shouldn't come as a shock. As when we talked to Lee Cockrell right. uh, months ago uh, about Disney reopening, he said when when they did it, they would do it the right way. Yes. And so far, it looks like they are doing it the right way. So yeah, that's great news. So, uh, speaking of Disney's Hollywood Studios reopening, because it is reopening this week, it hasn't opened yet. It is opening this week mm-hmm. along with Epcot. Uh, if you're planning a visit soon to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and that being a part of your trip, uh, well, there's a change you're going to want to know about to the queue for Rise of the Resistance. Okay, so, all right. Uh, this from you the Disney <laughs> this from the Disney Parks blog for guests with upcoming Disney Park Pass reservations. Yes, you still need a reservation to go visit mm-hmm. any of these parks. To visit Disney Hollywood Studios, we wanted to share an update about Star Wars Rise of the Resistance which will once again be using a virtual queue in the My Disney Experience app. However, now, as availability allows, guests will have the opportunity at 10 a.m., 1 p.m., and 4 p.m. to request uh, a spot in the virtual queue. So you don't need to be there first thing in the morning and through to try and get uh, this boarding group you can actually do it at various times throughout the day. So maybe you're not there at, you know, a park opening right. 10 a.m., whatever, whenever they're opening, <laughs> rope drop. Uh, you can actually come in around noon and then at 1 o'clock, maybe you might be able to land a boarding nice. pass or at 4 p.m. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, there are some important details you'll need to know before you go. They say, uh, first, you have to make sure you have your, of course, My Disney Experience right. app. That's the best way to do it. I'm sure there'll be some spots on site because there have been in the past right. where some cast members can help you do this as well. But the easiest way to do it is just right through the app. Uh, once you've logged in, select Star Wars Rise of the Resistance virtual queue on the home screen and you will be able to view the current status and next steps for joining the virtual queue. Uh, the app will indicate when there is no availability for a specific distribution time. So if you get in at 10 a.m. and they run out, or maybe you got there at 11, right. they don't have it, then you wait for one. They'll tell you, oh, there's no more left for the 10 a.m. grouping. Right. You'll have to wait till one or four or whatever the case may be. And as long as your uh, My Disney Experience account is linked to park tickets for you and the others in your group, you can enroll uh, everyone in the virtual queue Great. when you go through. However, uh, each guest can only enter the virtual queue once per day. So right. you can't you know, go in at 10 a.m. and then right. try again at 1 p.m. Sure. and then that try again sense. at 4 p.m. or right. whatever. So, uh, But you will be in there whenever you, if you get your grouping. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, even though the, they're allowing more out at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It, it still will let you in. And of course, uh, it will change throughout the day. You know, it depends on, as yeah, the rise of the resistance can be a little temporary 
temperamental. You right. know, we don't know how many boarding groups they'll get through and it may change on one day to another day. But it's nice that they're giving this opportunity for people who aren't necessarily yeah. wanting to be there oh, at the crack great. of dawn right. um, to still be able to get the attraction. No, I, I love that, uh, that that they're going to do that. And maybe that's something they might continue. Who knows? Yeah, I, I actually think they will. I think yeah. they're trying to figure out a better way to do this. And I have a feeling this is going to be something right. that's going to continue and be eventually out here at Disneyland uh, Park as sure. well when it uh, eventually reopens. Uh, they also say if you have any questions or need assistance uh, with joining the virtual queue that their uh, cast members and the guest experience team locations throughout the park that will help you out so yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah you want to be able to uh, figure that all out the best you can uh, finally uh, Disney Cruise Line sent out a survey to several guests this week Ooh. including us <gasps> yes uh, that may have some insight on the steps they may be taking to begin sailing again. Wow, and yes, nice. I, I did respond to the survey <laughs> while I was sitting in a El Paso hotel room, um, you know, just kind of biding my time. Right. right? So uh, this from the Disney Cruise Line blog, uh, DisneyCruiseLineBlog.com. Uh, a new survey from Disney Cruise is floating around asking guests a series of questions relating to proposed changes in the works for the ship's when the cruise industry restarts. The survey included a few other things to identify if guests would more likely keep a reservation, including they were offered, uh, would a $250 onboard credit help you decide that you want to keep that reservation? I clicked yes to that one. (laughs) Of course. Because definitely, I will take an extra $250 for sure. Also, uh, options to change lengths of cruises, um, requiring a negative test, a COVID, negative COVID test before you go on, which was an interesting one that I noted on there. I said, fine. You know, whatever, you know, that's fine. I I think some people might have an issue with that. And I don't necessarily know that having a negative COVID test from a few days before necessarily means that you're (laughs) COVID-free when you board. board, But... Uh, you know, I, I guess it's helpful. Right. Um, it, it can't hurt. I'll say that. Yes. You know? uh, so here's a partial list of the from and this is what they put out for the uh, everything under consideration uh, that they are might be doing for safety and health protocols. Uh, physical distancing mm-hmm. measures, of course. A lot of this is going to sound familiar to uh, what they're doing at the Disney, Disney parks. Right. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, limited number of people allowed on the ship. So if you're going to be on these cruises, it sounds like they're going to cut the capacity of the cruise line right. as well, the ship. So it'd be much more wide open. Uh, more hand washing stations, hand sanitizing stations. Employees required to wear a mask and cloth face coverings and gloves. Wow. Uh, as well as guests possibly mm-hmm. being, you have to wear it well, if you're going to be on board ship and not out of your cabin. Right. You will have to wear a face mask as well. Uh, employees are uh, going to be temperature screened regularly. Guests uh, also are going to be temperature screened before boarding, not only in embarkation day, but also in every part you stop by. Wow. You may have to be temperature screened when you go on board. Uh, there will be a flexibility option for up to 15 days prior to departure. You can change or cancel. So that right. would be very good. I mean, yeah. they're trying to make you feel as safe and comfortable booking as possible that you can, you know, because if things change and you don't feel comfortable, you want to have that ability to that ability to back out if you right. decide to. Well, also, too, they, they, they want to, I'm sure, prevent people from feeling like, hey, I put all this money in and now I'm sick. But I put all this money in, right. so I'm going to go That's anyways. True. If I know that, hey, I got sick, I'm not going to, you know, I can change this for another time, and that way I'm not going to go on board with an illness that I could possibly and spread. Whether, well, even if you know it's COVID or not, if right. you don't know, I mean, still, you just you should never go on board so right, you can right. help it. Um, so uh, that's a really good point there. Uh, some interesting things that, uh, by the way, I, I did 
I have a problem with the COVID test thing. I'm right. like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah sure. Good. It's not a deal breaker <laughs> for us. Uh, and of course, they said increased cleaning and sanitizing, right. which we saw on board our ship yeah, you know, already. before. Right. So I'm not worried about Disney with that. Uh, some experiences they said that they might uh, will or will not happen possibly because of the changes. And unfortunately, it uh, looks like deck parties will be temporarily oh, paused. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, I get it because... What about silent disco? <laughs> I think that's going to probably be... I mean, maybe they can put some little circles. So you, you have to stay in this circle and dance. Uh, but that might be a problem. Uh, of course, close interactions with characters will be temporarily unavailable. Right. Uh, kids club activities and capacity would be significantly sure. reduced as you would expect you would have to. Um, access to port limited to only those who book a shore excursion with Disney because they want to keep kind of you in the bubble oh, as much sure. as possible, right, which right. totally makes sense. Uh, they may embark later. You know, I think I think they'll need more time to make sure they're cleaning the ship before one as one group right. leaves and one group. Embark. I would be okay if they actually would change their itineraries to where they had an, an entire day to clean the ship before right. the next group went on. You know, I don't mind. I mean, I mean as much yeah. as I like to get on the ship first, I want to make sure the ship is as clean right. as possible. Um, of course, uh, the buffet would not be self-service. We experienced sure. that already on our Disney mm-hmm. cruise. Um, nursery would be closed. So if, mm-hmm. if, you're, if right. you're going with a very young child zero to three right um there'd be no possibility for the nursery uh family pool limited time hours and capacity of course limited uh also the number of entertainment options would be reduced this was one of the things that i clicked on there that might be one of the things that would keep us from going on the cruise is depending on what entertainment options were reduced i mean i don't mind them being reducing some entertainment options but part of our enjoyment of disney cruise more than even going to a lot of the ports is going and seeing the shows, right? You know, and I'm thinking about our good friends, um, you know, Sonia Soul. and Paul, right? Soul, uh, Duo. Soul Duo, um, that we just want. If you haven't listened to that episode from last week, please do. It was a great episode. Yeah. Um, that I want to make sure that they can. It's their livelihood. Right. I want to make sure that they can get back on board and be performing. And it's one of the things, the highlights of the cruise. So I wanted to make sure they that Disney knew that that would be something that could be a deal breaker for us if they're if the right. entertainment is limited. By a lot, right? I don't right. mind a little, you know. I mean, there's only there's some things that you have to cut back, and I understand that. Right. But if it's a lot, we may push back our cruise date right, a little right. bit because that is a big deal to us on sure. Disney Cruise. I mean, there's got to be a reason to go other than just staying a, on a hotel that floats on the right. water, you know. So in par- and a lot of that is the issues of, you know, obviously the food and the, the dining experiences that they make very unique too. But yes, obviously having some fun uh, in the sense of the recreation and the entertainment are really important like i said otherwise it's it's similar to just being yeah. in a hotel just go to a hotel i mean yes yeah. you're right on the water and you're on the right. ocean which is wonderful and that's part of the things we love about disney cruise but you're paying you know a, a pretty hefty fee to be on that right. ship i you know the entertainment to me is one is the big one of the biggest draws for sure. disney uh, but i do trust Disney and I think that they'll do the right thing right. here. So, but I just wanted to make sure, you know, that's what, what they put these surveys out for is they right. want to know. They exactly. want the people to tell them uh, what they feel about these things. And I wanted them to know that it, if entertainment is an issue, right. it could be an issue for us or we might push back our crews a sure. little bit. So, right. So, but I don't know if it will or not, but it could be a possibility. So, uh, they're all, they also did suggest that there could be some sort of special dining experience with characters. Um, I think I I have to assume it's different than the normal character breakfast they have on a lot of the cruises, a lot of the longer cruises, but, um, they did mention like, you know, would you be interested if we 
we had something like that. I said, you know, fine, you know, right. it's not a big deal to us, but yeah, Could that's be for fine. Family yeah. with kids, yeah, especially. especially since you can't do the uh, as many character interactions right. you're used to getting on a, a Disney cruise. So. Um, as far as that, there will be some new digital experiences. Digital sign up for virtual queues at the water slides. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you're not lining up at the right. water slides, essentially. Uh, and also um, for deparkation at ports of call. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, right. so you, that it's makes not sense. everybody trying to get out the ship at the same time, bunching up different ways to kind of have them go out in different right. groups. So Makes and, sense. Yeah. Uh, they also said uh, advanced booking required for major onboard activities, including the Walt Disney Theater shows, movies, and kids club time slots for each day. So you may be booking uh, your seats, essentially, right. uh, for these that shows, which w- would be good, actually, sure. because that way if you're going to you know, put distance between right. people, um, you want to know what seats are available and what seats will be closed off. Right, you know, exactly. So. Cool. Interesting. Well, we'll see what a lot comes of interesting of that. things yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you out some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation, whether it be for Disney Cruise Line once they get sailing again, the Walt Disney World Resort, who is just back opened up, and hopefully Disneyland opening up before we know it. Right. And we always start with Michelle one because she has the best fun <laughs> facts, the best Disney deep dive into history, and she's gorgeous, wonderful, oh, but she also has the very best tip. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle tip of the week you're so sweet honey uh i'll stick with disneyland since the theme today was celebrating disneyland and just want people may or may not know this um and a lot of times disneyland is very much driven by annual pass holders so they're people day trip kind of thing it's not people necessarily staying in hotels not that it's exclusive but it is very much uh, a very big part of it so over at disney california adventure park there is, if you want to go on Grizzly River Run, you know you're going to get wet. And Probably. That, right? Almost certainly. <laughs> could, be, could be doused, yes. And it might be great in the summertime to have that cooling experience, but you might feel like, hey, I don't want to be wet all day afterwards and everything. And you probably knew that there were lockers there, but you might not have known that the lockers are actually free for the first two hours. So you can bring a change of clothes, leave it in the locker there and have a great time Oops, our set's falling apart. (laughs) Have a great time on that attraction. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's important because you will... I remember we, we it wasn't at, at uh, Grizzly River Run. It was at the uh, Collie River Rapids in uh, Disney Animal Kingdom Park. But we went on that one time. Oh, we did the. I thought we did Collie. I mean, I thought we did. Um, we've done. Rip, rip, we've done it. Oh, we've done. But both. I'm just talking about this one oh, specific okay. instance where we went on it, and it was. <laughs> It was like, you know, you would go through all these waterfalls. Right. If you know it, you know, you as you're riding on it, there's these waterfalls around. And you'd be going towards what the people that were in the right. boat with us. It looks like they're going to get down. And then at the last minute, it every spin. single time, <laughs> it's fun. And it would hit us. We walked out. It was definitely going to be our last attraction of the right. day. And thank goodness it was yes. because we were, you know, uh, walking out of there <laughs> just so- head to toe drenched. <laughs> We weren't smart enough to bring a poncho or anything on board or whatever. We don't need ponchos. No, we're just going to get doused. Got out of there, hopped in our car and went back to our hotel after that because we needed to change clothes quickly and shower. So uh, that's that's really good to know. So Michelle's tip always the best tip oh thanks what about you sweetie my tip i'm just going to go quickly back to disney cruise line again and i just want to talk a little bit about that you know cruise lines 
get a little bit of a bad rap sometimes and to me personally. And I think you agree with this, Michelle, Definitely. as far as um, disease and other things that go on out mm-hmm. there, you know, and I want people to know, I want people to feel confident in being able to cruise again. Look, you know, I mean, it's easy to focus on cruise ships that, you know, that's where disease gets spread. That's right. where norovirus happens. That's where, you know, uh, these things happen everywhere. The, the, the only thing that's different is that because they're on a cruise ship, it, you know, you, it, it's easy to pinpoint because you're staying on it. You're for a on long there time. and they can, they can pinpoint the source. Right. But you can go to Las Vegas hotel. You can go to a buffet anywhere in the country. Well, not right now because right. buffets aren't really around <laughs> right now. Yeah. But buffet anywhere in the country, any hotel in the country and norovirus and other diseases are spread there. Right. But because people are in and out of there, you know, and kind of transient right. all the time, it doesn't get pinpointed to that's where, they, you know, they go home and they're like, oh, I got food poisoning. Right. But the norovirus could have come from sure. there. And that's not to scare you right. as far as going traveling anywhere. I'm just trying to tell you that the, the cruise line aren't as risky as some people want to right. play, put them out to be, and especially Disney Cruise Line. And we pointed it out multiple times about mm-hmm. on our Panama Canal, right. how good a job they did of cleaning that ship right. top to bottom. Time. Disney does this all the time. And I want you to feel comfortable when Disney reopens. I mean, yes, for many of you, it's going to take a little while even to go to the parks, right? especially a Disney Cruise Line. But I want you to feel comfortable knowing that Disney does it better than anybody else. And that includes the cruise line. The mm-hmm. Disney cruise line almost always does. Um, whenever CDC goes and reports on the cleanliness of right. ships, they're always on the top. They do an excellent job of making sure that those ships are wonderful and as, as well done and uh, maintained right. as anywhere in the country. And my tip is to not be afraid. Don't be afraid of Disney Cruise Line when they reopen. Get on board. You might have an amazing experience, especially if the ships are limited capacity, just like they're going to be limited capacity at the parks. You might have a wonderful, wonderful trip on board Disney Cruise Line. Now, I say this, and again, we're kind of considering you know, what the entertainment options, everything are going to be with Disney, and that's always up, up in the air. But I am not scared of you know, what could happen if we go aboard a Disney Cruise. I've right, never right. been scared. We are clean we do a good job of ourselves of washing hands we always assume that this could be out there we always sanitize we do this and disney does the same thing so don't be scared go and book your disney cruise good tip honey yeah yeah Yeah. it was was a good tip yeah not to be afraid like you said they do a great job cleaning you know it's probably way more safer than just any going out anywhere in the community and uh, you can have that assurance that they're doing their best and you take your part in it and and you're going to be in a very good situation yeah you wash your own hands you sanitize regularly you know think about you know where people might have touched things and wash your hands after you touch them uh you're going to be okay going to be okay. Uh, and again, Disney does a really good job of making sure everything is clean whenever they have. That's true. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Uh, what do we have going on next week? Oh my God, I just blanked. Well, All we'll right. tell you if you subscribe <laughs> to the newsletter because we don't remember because we I are I think it's punchy. a favorite five, but I don't want to give away the topic because I'm I'm not sure if it's next week or the or later one. You'll so. know if you subscribe if yeah. if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll be the first to know, and then we'll get it out on social media later. Especially if it's a if uh, five favorite right. list, because we want your input on that as well. And how do you subscribe to the newsletter? You ask. Well, you just go to our website and you click subscribe to our newsletter. Right, Hyperion Adventures Podcast dot com. That's one th- the best place to find. 
find this podcast, but also you can you know pop up right there. There's multiple locations where you can subscribe to the newsletter there, and then you'll be in the know for what we have coming up, like whatever next five week. favorite list we may be doing next week. <laughs> I don't know, whatever we're doing next week. Uh, also, you can find out by following us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Uh, we are on YouTube. I'm hoping you're watching some of these episodes on YouTube. If you haven't watched the one with Soul Duo, yes. uh, go check that out. because they're they amazing. Give us, yeah, they're wonderful people, and they gave us a videos of the songs that they did, which right. really are great, so you should go check that out. Uh, just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and and just hit subscribe and whenever we have a new video come out you will know You'll be in the and we always love your input through email you can always hit us up on our gmail Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com yeah sure and let us know if you have as we said any suggestions questions comments feedback that's great we love it we also love reviews whether it's just star ratings or actual description in the review take the time we enjoy it and there's also one other way that we can really appreciate what you could do tell a friend right just tell a friend let me see if i can do this you tell two friends <laughs> and they'll tell two Where's friends i'm gonna do it really slowly the and they'll tell two friends and so on and so on and so on <laughs> anyway yes let's get the hook thank you for listening to the high period adventures podcast we look forward to sharing some time with you again next week until that time i'm tom i'm michelle and we hope that you have a magical week